SAFM plays the music that suits your mood. It certainly plays your choice of music as well. And if you would like to send your SMS or WhatsApp choice in, you are welcome to do so. So, uh, of course, at this time, we like to look at books that are being published and uh, take a hard look at the stories that are being told. And a book that was published recently is called The Stray Cats of Homs. It was published by Penguin Random House in the UK and authored by someone called Ava Noor. Now, Ava Noor is a journalist who's writing Oh, excuse me, under a pseudonym. She was inspired to write The Stray Cats of Homs, which is her debut novel, when she met and fell in love with uh, someone that uh, has a, whose pseudonym is Sammy in the book. And currently the couple share a life together in Paris. So the book is about a very brutal war that is still playing out in Syria. And for those of you who are trying to understand the complexity of that war, it is an ongoing civil war in Syria with the multi-sided partners. There's on the one side, there's the Baptist uh, Syrian Arab Republic, which is led by the Syrian president Bashar al-Assad, and uh, part of, the, and they work with a variety of domestic and foreign allies. And then on the other side, there are various foreign and domestic forces who are opposing the Syrian government and each other in various combinations. It's deeply complex and uh, not that easy to kind of understand. But what one can understand is that as of April 2020, roughly 5.6 million Syrians have fled the country and more than 6.2 million people are displaced internally. So the impact of this war both on those who are fighting, but also on those who are simply bystanders as citizens of the country is truly dramatic. Now, The Stray Cats of Oms tells the true story of Sami. It is a pseudonym who is a young man in the city in Syria, and uh, it follows the very brutal world of bombings, intense hunger, food shortage, and grievous, grievous loss. He becomes a citizen photographer and he marks the tragedy of Syria through his images, bombed homes, which have great intimacies about them. You'll see images um, of houses with photos still on the wall, but partially bombed and deep, deep tragedy in that kind of intimacy. And one starts to ask, and he starts to ask in the book, at what point does he leave and can he leave? So I thought I'd read you a tiny snippet of that question mark um, from later on in the book. It was the biggest decision of his life. It was not only about escaping the siege. If he succeeded, he would also have to leave the country. To stay in the regime-controlled area would be too dangerous. Having made his decision, Sammy got in touch with a few people who might be able to help him. A distant relative, a childhood acquaintance, and a woman he had got to know online through his work as a photographer. They in turn negotiated with people on the side of the regime. Whilst he waited, he found lentils. Sammy ran his hand over the dusty kitchen counter and gathered them up. Twelve pale red lentils. They were tiny round discs, like miniature versions of dough balls before the baker rolls them flat. He put the lentils in his jacket pocket, scraping the last one from his fingers and pulling the zipper closed. Not today, maybe tomorrow. It was easier to endure the hunger when it was voluntary, when he knew he could make a soup of water and 12 lentils whenever he wanted. So that's a snippet from the book, The Stray Cats of Oms. And uh, I did manage to speak to the author, Eva Noor, and as I mentioned, it was her pseudonym.
The Jet Set Breakfast. Music, culture, lively and critical discussions on SAFM. Hi, Ava. This idea of the Syrian war and how, whilst it's not on the sideline, it often does seem to slide underneath the headlines. And I wanted to ask if you felt that you had to shine a light, as in your pseudonym, Eva Noah, in order to tell the story for the bigger world to know. So Eva is a common Swedish name, that means life, and uh, Noor is a common Arabic name, that means light. And uh, I was thinking about this, that light and life, it's, um, it's what uh, writing is about, about keeping hope alive. And as you say, the, what's happening in Syria is... Um, it's a bit forgotten in the media nowadays, and um, yeah, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice way to, to look at it, but to shed light on the story. I wasn't thinking about it, but uh, yes, that was definitely my greatest motivation. You talk about light and life, the homes that were totally wrecked by the Syrian regime's bombings, but those homes, even as they are bombed, still offer intimate moments, and we see that in Sami's photos the photos which are hanging askew or askance on the half walls. And in many ways, those homes become so symbolic of the loss. And you highlight that immense loss again and again in your book. And yet, at the same time, you talk to incredible moments of intimacy in that loss. People coming together in a broken down home to have a meal, you know, going out to find wood or clothing or whatever to take home and burn. Perhaps you could talk a little bit about those intimacies in the uh, writing of the book. Yes, I think it's a good interpretation that it's about homes a lot, about having a home and uh, about losing your home and then finding it, but maybe uh, in other people. I think definitely me and Sami, we became homes for each other, sort of, uh, when we met in Paris. And this intimacy you talked about, I think that's, I got it from Sammy a lot. I saw it in his photos. He took uh, around 20,000 photos and most of them were of everyday life during the siege of homes that lasted two years. And um, he also told me how difficult it was to walk into someone else's home and just see how they left it. Maybe you would see teacups on the table, dusty. Um, You would see children's uh, clothing hanging, um, school books. um, I think in those details, you really felt uh, felt the loss. But the book is redolent with loss. But there are such moments of delight as well, and perhaps even a lightness of being. I mean, I almost want to say an unbearable lightness of being. I mean, there's the example quite early in the book where Sammy's friend drives up, they buy this pink, I think it's a beetle the pink beetle, the car. And I'm just thinking, you know, there's so many people who would listen to this and they would say, I recognize that. That's me and my friend. I wondered how much of the storyline is fiction? How much is autobiographic, for example? And even in relation to your own research that you had to go out and then do and the storylines that you had to tell. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the beetle and the beetle actually exists and it was pink. I would say that all major events in the novel are based on reality and they are seen through Sammy's eyes. I haven't left out or omitted anything, but uh, I've changed some years and places. Several characters and situations are fictitious and it's mostly for safety, for him, for his family. Um, Anyone talking about the regime is a threat against the regime and uh, 
you can be taken to prison, and that's basically a, a death sentence. Many people disappear this way. You talk about his family and, and his parents are still in Homs. Given the narrative of the book, how is it even possible that people are still surviving? And what does this mean also for Sami's relationship with his parents? Is he able to connect with them? How does he do that? It must be terribly, terribly difficult. And I imagine that for them and for him, the post-traumatic stress disorder must be one of those difficulties. So as you say, his family or many of them are still in Syria, are still in homes. Not all neighborhoods are destroyed, but many are, and many people have moved back into the houses, often illegally, because you have to get the permission from the security um, branches to move back to your house, even if it was destroyed by the regime. And uh, it is very difficult. We call them, and um, sometimes it's dark because they don't have electricity. It's very difficult to find uh, good food or it, the prices are very high. And now with the coronavirus, the government is pretending that it doesn't exist or it's not a big problem. Uh, so we're worried about them, of course. Eva, what do you want to get out of this book? What would you like to see happen with the book? I mean, you've written it now and it obviously needs to fly, but do you see it uh, moving potentially into spaces to talk much more about the Syrian war or do you just want individuals to take the book and learn from it in their own right? To be honest, and uh, this must, might sound a bit big, but I, uh, I thought maybe not many people would read it now, but uh, I wanted this story to be saved for 10, 20 years when you go back and see what was happening in Syria. I wanted Sammy's story to be there. Many of my big inspirations are uh, writers like uh, Svetlana Alexievich, uh, who took testimonies for, from Chernobyl, for example. Also Khaled Husseini, he's uh, writing great novels about Afghanistan. Imre Curtis, Faithlessness, was also a big inspiration, where you follow everyday people, ordinary people, and through their eyes you see the bigger picture. So this was what I was trying to do. I'm not sure if I succeeded, but that was my motivation for writing. You definitely succeeded, and you definitely succeeded with this idea of the, the personal becoming public, the small story becoming the metaphor in many ways for the much larger tragedy that is, that is playing out. The book has the potential to, to be a film as well, and I'm not sure if you even thought about that, if you and Sammy have thought about that. I suppose... Also, thinking about Sami and film and that kind of thing, as a civilian photographer, someone who's constantly taking images, where are those images? Does he still have them? Are they images that are able to go out into the world or are they kept privately at this point? Yeah, that would be something to make a movie. <laughs> if anyone is interested, they're welcome to contact us. But uh, seriously, we haven't thought about it. Um, maybe you get this feeling because I've been seeing his videos and his photos. The scenes are quite vivid. About his photos, many of them uh, are published online under pseudonym as well. He was working as a photographer for international media, so they've been shown all around the world, but under a different name. And um, they are out there. And that's enough for us. We'll see if we'll do something more with them. 
It's also his photo on the cover of the book. I want to say thank you very, very much and to congratulate you on the book and to say to both you and Sammy, thank you for opening my eyes and I suppose opening other people's eyes. It was a wonderful read, difficult to read, but also quite delightful as well. Thank you so much for having me. I hope more people will read it and get to know what's happening in Syria. I don't know what will happen in Syria, but I feel very hopeful about the people. The, the Syrians are so warm and strong, and I have a big hope in them. Thank you. That's uh, the author, Eva Noor, which is a pseudonym, and uh, the book is called The Stray Cats of Homs by Eva Noor and published by the uh, Penguin Random House Publishers. It's a great read, and it's a very powerful read if you want to know more about the country. And whilst she's done it and set it up as a novel, indeed, it is based on uh, non-fiction. It's based on the true life of the character, Sammy, as well. It's 10 to 9.